Hello and welcome to Board Stupid, the podcast that loves talking tabletop board games, D&D and other awesome stuff. I'm Wayne. I'm Simon. And I'm Tom. We're just nerds talking about the things we love that are worth geeking out over. So Simon, are you ready? I am ready. Ready, Tom? <laughs> are you ready? I'm a little bit quicker. I am ready. <laughs> With a short arm. Mm. Very short arm. If you guys are ready... We're going to tell you all about our amazing experience last week as you're listening to it, I think. In the past. In the past. It uh, definitely happened in the past. It happened in the past as you listen to it. Mm. Well, actually, it happened in the past as we're talking about it. Anyway. None of this is future tense. UKGE. The (laughs) United Kingdom Games Expo. The UK Games Expo. Let's dive in. This week's episode. Alrighty, so this was our first time at the UK Games Expo and we were there doing media and it was a fabulous experience. So what what a first time, right? What a first experience to to have. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. What we, a weekend. We were there all three days, so your three day ticket, Friday through Sunday, and it was on the Jubilee weekend. So we we're like, yeah, <laughs> fuck this historical event. <laughs> Well, I legit didn't know it was happening. We booked obviously well ahead of time. We did, yeah. And then speaking to my partner, told her that we'd booked in. She went, you mean the Jubilee long week, yeah. long bank holiday weekend? You mean and I free went, holiday? There's a bank holiday? Excellent. Cool, I don't need to spend holiday. Yeah, yeah I don't need to spend my holiday days. Mm-hmm. That's even I, better. I, I had no idea that it was a crossover. But that being said, there were about 20,000 other people who official also u- shunned the Queen. Official so. unique attendees, over 23,000. Mm. Oh, that is amazing. I mean, not in the American term, in the in the British sense, I'm more of a Republican, right? <laughs> so, like, you know, screw the monarchy. I'm a, <laughs> I don't really give a shit about that. So, in any case, does that lose listenership? I don't know. Anyway, is one of you going to be pro-monarchy for balance? I like the Queen. There you go, that'll do. I've, I've been in the same room with Her Majesty. Is that right? Yeah. What were you doing? You're going to have to tell us more now. Oh, when my dad got his MBE. Oh, yeah, there you go. Amazing stuff. Okay, yeah. well, we'll appeal to all sides. What does she smell like? I didn't get that close. <laughs> I kind of want to know. She's but... remarkably small, and she was definitely further away than olfactory senses of mine can register. Oh, well, I've learned something today about you. I'm going to assume Werther's original and lavender. <laughs> <laughs> smells like an old lady, I imagine. That's, that's a safe assessment. <laughs> lavender and Werther's. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. So, what's the UK... Games Expo, UKG. Tell our listeners. This is a two halls, well, I suppose three halls, two display halls and a playing hall at the NEC, so the biggest, as far as I know, arena in the UK. Yeah, convention centre. Each hall is cocking enormous. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it's, it's a metric term. I don't know actual <laughs> it's uh, a measurement. size. But cocking. To walk from one end of the whole show to the other with crowds taking into account probably 10 minutes yeah it's in it's freaking big it's big so we have probably 200 plus retailers publishers developers showing off and selling their amazing wares so many test tables so many cool interactive things from the smallest little card game up to your board game that you need to lift yeah. with your back or you'll do uh, yourself injuries yeah. it's a huge it's a huge range as well there's all sorts of little indiv- individual independent designers 
through large and small online and brick and mortar retailers yep. to big publishers and fulfillment companies. Yes. Basically everything and anything. Anything industry. Board games, board game industry. war games, and role-playing games. Well, I suppose yeah, even less broad. It's broader than that. It's tabletop mm. gaming industry. Games. Everything analog, <laughs> I want to say, right? Plus that giant-ass interactive table unit thing. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. And then we have one hall, which was just tables upon tables upon tables of people playing hundreds, games. Hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of, of tables, of tables set up. All pretty much full all the time. Probably from, not from 9am, but probably from half 10 until kick out at yep. midnight some nights. People, people turn up, they wander around the hall, they buy a load of games, and then you walk two minutes to the other hall and play your games. Play some games. Or if you're Jason, you arrive with half a backpack full anyway, and then add Jason, let me just, I'm going to segue there. Why did you do it, Jason? Why did you? Granted, he didn't have the 10-minute walk from the car park that we did. But he has that sweet backpack, though. Yeah, but that it's... A massive backpack, which is like made for board games. You could nearly climb in it. It's that big. Yes. You don't need that to carry that much stuff around. Those, I'm going to segue again, they've been banned for Spieler. Have they? Yeah. Mm, for safety concerns? I, exactly I definitely right. nearly got clocked by at least one of those. Yeah, exactly that reason. People Because Spiel is like five times the size. People are getting knocked over because you know people carrying them around, or yeah. and even bigger ones than the one Jason has, and just spinning around and knocking some poor smaller soul off their feet and out of their socks. If you get much bigger than the one that Jason's got, that's going to be a trolley. And also the weight—it's a lot of force to hit yeah. someone with if you do get clocked with it. So I can kind of understand uh, to sense. some extent. Anyway, so that's UKGE, and it's our first time there, and we went there with a couple of different intentions right we went there just as enthusiasts which we are massive enthusiasts first and foremost for, yeah, first and foremost yeah for with, with with um sort of a minimal plan to just wander around and shop at some and, point and look yeah. look for for things that we couldn't necessarily get elsewhere quite new stuff or rare stuff or cheap stuff or cheap stuff exactly or that. some combination of those three or maybe all at the same time and then also going there with the intent to do media, right? We had a very specific plan in mind to get there and bring you, our dear listeners, content, right? Most of which we hope you have consumed already and thoroughly yeah, enjoyed. Yeah, we hope, we genuinely hope that you have enjoyed what we've delivered to you because we really enjoyed getting it. We really enjoyed the process of speaking to the amazing people that work for these great um, companies that mm. you know that are part of the hobby that we all love. Such a different experience from just going to a trade show or and a convention and just yeah. shopping. Yeah, because you could quite happily just turn up and wander around and shop. But we we went out of our way to arrange to speak to the various representatives of some of these big retailers, big fulfillment companies and and distributors and, publishers, and they had yeah. so much to say and yeah it was amazing speaking to the publishers of these big companies and uh sorry some representatives of these big publishers um and then also the kind of run and gun interviews we did ad hoc with the smaller developers people mm-hmm. who were kickstarting or pre-kickstarter even who yeah. just went sure you can point your camera at us and your yeah we'd always looking yeah. mic at us we'd always ask you yeah, do you want to uh, do you want to be in an interview for uh, for our show? And everyone is so happy to chat to us. And uh, I just want to also preface this episode or the rest of this episode by saying thank you massively to everyone that did spend the time to give us content for our fledgling empire. Absolutely. I was 
genuinely amazed. A, that you'd managed to secure quite so many as you did with people that were big quite you know the (laughs) director of marketing that's not a small catch yeah or the ceo of games quest i don't know how i've wangled it (laughs) through through pure force of personality that was our first one we're doing a podcast we would like to come and interview you and yeah most of them were like yeah absolutely sure we can spend you five sure spare five ten minutes it was a delight and yeah as wayne says an absolute massive thank you to everyone that we did manage to wangle some time from Mm-hmm. Yes, and hopefully you'll give us the chance to do it again, and hopefully we've done your products a decent service. So with that, shall we go into some of the people that we spoke to uh, Let's. and uh, talk about some of the things we, we talked about with them? It's quite the list. It, it It is, and a really fascinating list, I think. So starting with a very important one, and for me, one of my favorite ones, which was uh, Nigel, the CEO of GamesQuest, uh, who is basically the premier fulfillment partner for all of your kickstarted game founded they go they go i suppose under the radar a little bit because if you if you back through kickstarter you don't necessarily know who is the fulfillment part partner for the uh the designer or the publisher in question yes but it's quite likely certainly if you're in the uk or in europe that it's games quest 100%. 100%. Yeah, it is quite likely. And there was an amazing interview, and Nigel was so generous with his time and so generous with his knowledge. And we had some amazing news from him as well. So um, he was a, such a great character. He, he was, yeah. We uh, asked him early doors. He said, oh, do you mind being videoed, I think? And he went, are you crazy? Do you know who I am? Oh, I love of video. Of course I love video. <laughs> <laughs> so that, was, that was quite an intro, because that was one of our earliest, if not the first interview we did. And I'm yes. kind of, you know, I'm not timid per se, but... This is kind of out of my wheelhouse, so I'm sat there thinking, hey, I don't really know who this guy is personally. B, I've no idea how they're going to respond to us. And it just, he led us half the time, yeah. and, and it was, yeah, fantastic. It was very, very interesting, because this was this was one of the fulfillment companies that we spoke to, and they have a very different view of, um, I suppose, the industry as opposed to yes. the publishers or the designers. Yes, or the end buyer, the end consumer, mm, mm, who absolutely. has a very different view. And we asked him some great questions, and he gave some even better answers. So, uh, But the big bit of news that he gave us was that they started essentially as third-party retail, right? That mm-hmm. was his story, you know, buying and selling you know, old copies of Hero Quest and stuff like that, you know, from markets for three quid and, and you know, to collectors for £40. In the Alan Sugar mold, you know, starting <laughs> from scratch, you know, wheeler dealing, but with board gaming. But now they're pulling away from that third-party retail and focusing almost entirely on becoming a partner uh to publishers yeah and managing all of their logistics why not the retail market is bound to be crowded very crowded yeah this is a much more specific not quite niche i wouldn't say because it's an ever increasing area but where they've positioned themselves in the market partnering with some major names as well as the smaller people yeah he he rattled off like stonemeyer and simon and you know all of these these folks yeah, the, the uh, little poke at Simon's distribution, not going to him, was quite amazing. Yeah, because there was he, the big deal about He explained the reasons that. why for the VAT in Europe and so on. But um, yeah, to, to place yourself as kind of the prime fulfillment. And for film, fulfillment, for those that aren't entirely sure, that's the people who design the Kickstarter and want to sell their product. That's all of the bit from you designing it to it getting released and in the hands of your backers. 
Yes. That's the fulfillment. So yeah. it's and they're hyper specialized around board games. It's helping L- your logistics, marketing. Logistics, it's... shipping, marketing. For board games. All, all the specialization. Yeah. It really hyper specialized as well. It's not like some generic shipping partner. They are very focused on helping and aiding uh, publishers get the most out of their fulfillment operations, their logistics yeah. operations, to make sure that they're not overspending on those costs and then they're not unduly passing that down to the consumer. It was a great conversation. And he gave some really great advice to any burgeoning publishers and designers. Like, Here's some mistakes that get made mm. that end up with you know, massively inflating your your costs. Yeah, as the volumetrics and stuff, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Full, full interviews up on Facebook page. Yeah, check um, it out. We, don't, yeah. we also got the chance to speak to Chris from Modifius Entertainment, which was another amazing interview. And I think, Simon, this was your favourite stand of the event. I think this was my favourite interview and stand overall. Yeah, I was quite... I wouldn't say overly invested in Modifius as a company, more their, what they've done with the licenses of things I absolutely love. So we're talking Fallout, uh, we're talking the Elder Scrolls, yeah. Skyrim quite the, specifically. Yeah, the Bethesda the, sort of overarching It was amazing the, the range of licenses that they've managed to secure. It's a hell of a list. June yeah. was in there as well. June, Star Trek. Conan, Star Trek, the, the official Star Trek. Fallout, huge, Skyrim. Huge licenses. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, amazing really. And it was fascinating hearing about the process that he and his company has gone through to get those and how it starts with you know one particular license. And if you treat that with enough care and love, then you can use that to help get other ones and stuff. And he says, oftentimes, these companies don't know what the hell you're talking about when you're saying, I want to do a t- tabletop RPG. Mm. You just hope that they'll let you crack on with it. And if you're lucky, you'll find someone in there that's a gamer and goes, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Brilliant. Yeah, let's do this. And let's partner with you to, to make it a success. Yeah, as we know, trying to explain to people what modern board gaming is isn't necessarily a straightforward task these days. No, so. absolutely not. No, no. I, I had this uh, at work, by the way, when I was telling them about going to the UKG. We're going to do media up at uh, the UK Games Expo. You know, I've got a podcast and we're doing video content, etc. And they were like, oh, board games like Monopoly. I actually had that. <laughs> yeah. oh, I had that for the no. first time. It and always course, happens. I've had it always very happens. recently you mean too. Like Monopoly. Do you, mm. do you know what? Kinda, but mm. sort of 40 years later, everything from Catan onwards. So mm. let's start from there and you're a little bit closer. Um, but yeah, that was a wonderful interview with Chris, and they're doing a fantastic thing on their site with Roll versus Evil. Such a good initiative, a, a charity drive where money that you spend on the games that you love can go directly towards, not all of it, obviously, they have running costs. But there's dollars going to aid initiatives, um, particularly in the Ukraine was mentioned, yes. which is obviously vital at this point in the world. Uh, yeah, money spent going directly to charities via very strict and direct routes, I thought is an amazing initiative. Yeah, really wonderful thing that they're doing. And so you should definitely go check that out. And uh, we also got some great news about the Skyrim Kickstarter, which is deep, deep in production. Um for those listening and who might have backed it, all plastics and dice are done. Woohoo! Yeah, all the, the heavy fancy bits. All the heavy fancy bits. The base game is entirely printed and the expansions have just started to be printed. So if you are all in at this point, the expansion bits that you've also funded, they're now being printed right now. Mm. Exciting time. Exciting stuff. This, yeah. this has actually gone a lot faster than I was expecting. Um, it's quick. The Skyrim... Kickstarter was I feel like not I've just that seen long it. ago. It was like recent memory. Modifius have turned this around. It has, yeah, it's accelerated well past many other Kickstarters that we've looked at recently, that's for sure. He actually gave us a timeline. He said it's likely to ship in September, mm. which is a, only a month late, I think. Yeah, that, that's, that is solid. I thankfully haven't had 
Well, because I haven't backed that many. I haven't had any delayed Kickstarters as yet. I know, Tom, you have. Oh, you just haven't backed enough Kickstarters. That's the thing, right? I've I've had a couple. A friend of ours had something that's up to three years gone now. Uh, Jurassic World, Jurassic World, I think, is a couple of years late. Three three years late and running, I think. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, uh, That's a cut cut and run. It's the risk, though, isn't it, right? That's that's crowdfunding. Uh, I've I've never backed anything that's completely failed, but I've had stuff that has been... A year late. Really freaking yeah. late, yeah. But anyway, to be four weeks late is pretty good going in the world of crowdfunding. Absolutely. And yeah, that is when, very when, good you're, when you're backing something months, if not years in advance anyway, a four-week delay is nothing. No, and they should be commended for that. Despite and it should what be... the internet seems to think. Well, mm-hmm. the internet is entitled and horrible. So um, The, but... the, the Archon <laughs> project I've backed yeah. is shipping three months early. People are crying because yeah. they haven't had notifications yet. Is that what? Sorry, they said they weren't shipping till August. So shush until August. Yeah, exactly. And then shush till the end of August. And then then consider maybe saying, excuse me. I I can see to a certain extent, you know, if you get an email that says we're ready to start shipping, look out in your emails for when you'll get a notification and nothing turns up for a couple of weeks that you get a little bit antsy about it, especially if you've been waiting for one of these products for a long time. But to then go online and start railing against the publisher, it's just... Well, what I don't understand mm. is that they're complaining on the forums that I'm reading, the same forums that the publishers are writing on daily saying, <laughs> yes, we can at most ship 300 a day. There's 9,000. That's 30 days at least that we need to ship. Our warehouse can't physically hold everything we're making. No, <laughs> so- exactly that. And, you know, having everything that we learned from Nigel's interview as well, there's yeah. a whole bunch of stuff like impacts... Yeah, the whole shipping and fulfillment process. Oh, God, especially especially now in the wake of the end of the world. Yeah, quite. Yeah, it's nightmarish. But anyway. Uh, yeah, fan- was- fantastic, fantastic interview. Uh, great. Oh, yeah, possibly my favourite stand. There's a giant pit boy there. Yeah. There's a scale model of the Bleak Falls Barrow from Skyrim, which That was really cool. Was so that, that's actually for the other Skyrim that's game. That's for the Skirmish the Battle Skyrim game. Skyrim Skirmish yeah. Battles game, yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, that stand was freaking great really cool really cool stand great interview great guy thank you chris uh we spoke to zatu by uh way of getting in on a demo play of their recently kick-started as of now finished uh steel coliseum i'm, I'm glad we sat down and spent the time to speak to steve and play that game that, that was such good game fun. was freaking fun really really <laughs> cool so I, I, looked... I didn't pull the trigger in the end on the kickstarter no. but i might still late pledge there's, okay, there's still yeah. time. It's, yeah, yeah, still it's time. going to late pledge now. Yeah, yeah it, it looked simple on the surface. It was a team game by design, two versus two. So even if you play with less than four players... I think that is a great almost USP. I don't have many two versus two team games. Mm, yeah. And I think that's just cool already. Yeah, and it is, to evoke nostalgia, Robot Wars. And it's... It's that. Yeah. There's no denying that. Or battle bots for battle, any US battle listeners. Bot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's fantastic. I mean, what a great fun game. I mean, it's hard to get a feel for it when you're reading the, the campaign, right? And this is why I was so grateful to get the chance to sit down and play it. Because I was like, oh, I don't really fancy backing that. And then as soon as as soon as I sat down to play it, I understood. I was like, this is great. It's really fun. Who is helping you design this? There's one of the guys that designed Blood Bowl. Yeah. Bloody yeah, they've got, got some, some serious they've got some expertise behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah, they really, really do. And it's wicked. It's car- essentially card combat. Yeah, right? it's uh, 
playing or, or selecting action cards from your hand with blind. Asymmetric sort of like decks. a programming element, sort yeah, of, that's right. uh, that are then revealed and resolved in an initiative order depending on the cards that get played. Uh, yeah, and each card will have a number of symbols on it which should tell you what you can possibly do. So you're going to pick the right one or the best one for the situation. Yeah. A little bit of programming, a little, little bit, bit of hand management. Yeah. You Great. can resolve... You, every time you pick a card, it will normally come with multiple actions and you can then choose to resolve them in different orders. So yes. you get a bit of flexibility in the way that things resolve. So that's quite clever and, and, and keeps sort of the action moving. The turns play quite quickly. The it was action, great. The it, action is quite sort of simple in terms of how things resolve. There's no sort of... You don't get bogged down with having to cross-check tables or roll dice or anything yeah, like that. It's a, all very straightforward. play. There's, mm. there's going to be four cards played. They've got an initiative number, so the highest goes first, and then in order. That's it. Resolve the symbols. You, you knock yeah. the scrap off people as you hit them. You collect this the scrap great. and spend it on upgrades so you can get bigger hitters or yeah. faster movement or more specials. Or and in between know. rounds, you can get more equipment and stuff and yeah. upgrade your you bot. Play, you play bounce. So good. Yeah, yeah and, right. and whoever loses you know, might not necessarily have been losing by much so they can spend the scrap that they've got during that fight in order to then change tactics and hopefully come back in the second bout you get a lot of customization different cards that you can buy different weapons steve gave us a great really interested yeah really interested to see more of it because it was obviously just a a short play test it was fun it was Mm. adrenaline filled i liked Mm. it i think it's exciting if they'd had it for sale there and then I think I'd have walked away with it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's. One I did those, enjoy it that much. Yeah, you you play it and it's exciting. It doesn't take long. The bouts aren't super long. It doesn't outstay its welcome. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, if when do you know what you're doing? A ten minutes about at most. Uh, we got the chance to speak to Cosmos Games and uh, Nikki, who was absolutely wonderful, very she lovely, was so enthusiastic, so enthusiastic. She was great. She she matched me beat for beat, easily, easy peasy. <laughs> And uh, the big thing that they were sort of demoing or at least trying to um, advertise to people was the My City Roll and Write. We talked during the event and after the event about there was a big boom in Roll and Writes a couple of years ago. Mm. And it seems to be still filtering through to today. Mm. And this was a quite interesting one. It's a Roll and Write with legacy elements. Yeah, so My City is a legacy city building game. It's got a bit of a sort of like a campaign it's legacy, a legacy building It's a legacy city building Tetromno or polyomino which popular. sounds pretty cool sounds great right can it see and then and then they've distilled down the various elements of that game that's been quite successful and yes. managed to turn that into a roll and write which is really i think is quite unique because i don't think i know of any legacy roll and writes no i don't think i know any either so uh, you know the, the big appeal of roll and writes is that they're boiled down versions in most cases of another game or it's just a 30 to 45 minute or it's a 30 experience 40, yeah they tend to be short games less components quicker setup not necessarily play. less complex but certainly less stuff yes right so you get to play them relatively quickly so that was fascinating hearing about that and that will be out i think soon i think between now and essen Yep. So before it was teasingly not available because I think I know. you were going to gobble one up. Weren't I was you? like, I there, was a, there was a copy on the table. I was um, like, Can I have this one? Yeah, <laughs> we, we were not allowed no. that one. <laughs> I couldn't have that one, sadly. We're not quite at that level of. Can I have one just for free? Yeah, yeah. no, not yet. Um, and then we just also... keep asking. Review <laughs> copies, <laughs> please. Review copies. Also, we spoke to them about the success of the Exit series, and Nikki told us all about the fact that they're trying, they're trying to do two a year. Which is, yeah, how long they can do it to sustain that for, I don't know. But they're getting massive success out of the exit calendars 
and I can see why, right? You've got a, a, sorry, a exit calendar, exit advent calendar. Advent calendar, yeah, yeah. right. So, so I, I think I knew what you meant. You know <laughs> what I meant. Sorry, yeah, I had to explain it for the listeners. Like calendar? No, advent calendars, which sold. I think they sold out immediately. They sold like 15,000 copies or something. Gone. So um, if that, and it's going to come again this year. So that's news from Cosmos. They will be doing another one. So get in early. They went immediately. So mm. get in early for those. I've not yet played an exit game. I saw at least a dozen variants. There are so it. many. Yeah. They're very good. It's a bit like a miniature escape room. Yeah. Mm. Very, very cool. I don't know why, other than sheer lack of time, I've not managed to get Probably around Probably that. Do you know what we should do for a, for an evening? We'll pick one up because they're like 10 quid. Yeah. And yeah. we'll have an evening. That's of the thing. I, I they're so accessible. Yeah, very I don't accessible. own a lot of single play games yeah and that's essentially what it is it's disposable which yeah. as a board game principle is relatively well at least until recently quite uncommon mm. we got to speak to lucky duck games to the effervescent brie <laughs> who was yeah. absolutely wonderful completely lovely and gave us an amazing amount of her time to talk through their amazing new products i think she's one of a few of the people we spoke to that would quite literally have spoken to us all day yeah absolutely she was yeah super super keen i think she would have been quite happy to walk us through all of their games yeah she headed up marketing for lucky duck and she definitely knew what she was talking about oh mm. god yeah she, yeah, she knew you their games backwards and forwards uh their major release was pocket detective which is essentially it seemed like an unlock type game for those that don't know unlock it's like a deck of cards and you play through a story or adventure like or mystery m- murder mystery choose your own adventure card deck and That's I, exactly I really it. wanted to play it exactly. and we didn't have time we didn't have time to play it there was like a demo scenario set up like we literally we have to go to the next interview i'm sorry <laughs> So there was that. And it looks like it's going to be the start of a new line. At least that's mm-hmm. the intention. So assuming this one does well, um, they're going to expand it into yeah, further. Yeah, Mark to yeah. season one, right? Mark to season one, exactly. So they then talked to us about the new Sherlock game. So they've got the license for BBC Sherlock property, yeah. Yeah. which is quite exciting. It's like a built-in market Burberry right snoop there. Yeah. Yeah. Patch. It's, it's Benedict. Yeah, pasted yeah. all over everything. Yeah, exactly. They've got you know, the big... Big and Martin Freeman. No one ever mentions Martin Freeman. I know, but... He's normally standing behind... Benedict. Uh, Benedict, that's yeah. a problem. But he's built by Baggins. <laughs> that is true. That's true. But come on! <laughs> and other properties. Um... <laughs> if I mention Bilbo, I can put hashtag Lord of the Rings on this episode. Oh, they, well, they... <laughs> true, true, true. And hashtag Sherlock. That'll get you a whole bunch of fandoms. <laughs> Toxic or otherwise. So, um, yeah, that seemed interesting as well. Some interesting sort of mechanisms to match clues together to get a pathway through. Uh, the scenario. Yeah, it was interesting. It had, uh, it wasn't sort of like a clue board with red string drawn on it, but the idea was the same, where you lay out like scenes and sequences, and then you have to try and find ways to link them together. Mm. Yes, sort of like build a map. Yeah, like yes. color coded info. Color coded information yes. and clues, which was which was quite clever. Yeah, it, it was very sort of evocative of the idea of having a a mind, mind a mind palace. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Uh, Brie also went through in brief the Chronicles of Crime series, which is their massive success. Which you is, were well hyped for that. Mm. Well. I've bought two of those. They've so got a whole bunch play. of them. Yeah, there's a ton of different ones, and I've bought those to play. I've not played them yet, so I'm excited to play those. Also, a little bit about Destinies, which is their other sort of major property, and also the upcoming Dark Quarter. So ah, check out yeah. that interview. That looked quite interesting. That's the New Orleans one. The right? New Orleans, the Dark Orleans, the yeah. app-integrated Forgotten Waters-esque noir adventure. Mm-hmm. We had the most wonderful chat at some point. I think it was after that. This Who knows? was uh, uh, 
No, I think it was on the second day. Second I, day? I, I think it was the second on day. On the second day well, we It might have been the first day. I, I, I have almost immediately lost track of what was which day. It's a blur. Yeah. We were we, very we busy. We arrived Thursday evening. Thereafter, until we left, we didn't know what day it was, what no. time it was, we what the weather was doing. We were, I kept you guys on a short leash. the we, queen was. We were, <laughs> we were we incredibly were, busy. <laughs> we were practically running from stand to stand and occasionally shopping in between. Yeah, I... I, gen- I, I make no apologies. I, I generally kept up with you guys. Thing is, I was taking pictures of really cool stuff and thinking, I better put this on Instagram right mm. now. And I start doing the post, and then Wayne would have run away. And like, we, we, uh, there oh, were oh. there were many instances where we would we would just turn around and someone would be gone. It's like we lost him again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's, there's, oh, there was a dice stand back there. We're in trouble. I am also going to call out Wayne's general lack of sense of direction. So I have no idea where I am. He'd be convinced that it was in the upper left quarter of Hall Two, and it was actually in the bottom right quarter of Hall One. So he'd had us back and forth a couple of times, but. Uh, yeah, so I, so I could have stayed where I was, and you'd have come back past me. But for hey. those that do know me, I have a notoriously bad sense of direction, and it was proven still. <laughs> uh, we got the chance to speak to Pegasus Spieler. Chris and Sarah were two of the loveliest people I think I've ever met in my life. Oh my god! Yeah, that was early. Yeah, it was early day two on the Saturday. It was in the so yeah. so lovely, and you know, spent as much time with us as as we wanted to spend with them. Really, they had basically two years worth of stored up news that they wanted to tell people okay, here's all of the stuff we've released in two yeah. years it's really good tell your listeners yeah, absolutely we, we've met sarah first of all didn't we at the what relatively small stall near the door of hall two it's like yep. for those that know pegasus spiel are freaking enormous they are a huge german publisher and what one of if not no i think they possibly are the the biggest distributor in germany in germany yeah one of the biggest publishers, and they're humongous. And then they had the tiniest, the little, they had stand. The tiniest little stand. And I was like, yeah. okay, they're just much bigger in Germany. I think a lot of their stuff will either be picked up by other publishers through the UK. Um, but in any case, really wonderful discussion with them. Yeah, greeted by this super energetic little pixie and Sarah. Like, I'm just waiting for Chris <laughs> to arrive, and then he's yeah. going to talk at you. And boy, did he! Interestingly, Pegasus Spieler have got the most ridiculous amount of success at the Spiel DR Awards. Yeah. Right. Loads and loads and loads of historical nominations, current nominations, recommendations, awards, yep. recommendations, shortlists. Yeah, just they, tons of it. Yeah, they have a real eye for the games that they pick up. They really do. Mm. And it was fascinating because they were talking about the scouting process that they go through to pick up games. Yeah. They will literally spend hours at the UKGE, for example, looking through every game, demoing everything there and thinking, well, what might work for the German market? What might we pick up that hasn't been picked up by a major publisher mm. and so we can take it and then start publishing mm. it? Conversely, they, they do the same thing at places like Spieler. Yeah, exactly the and same. And then they decide, you know, they narrow down and decide which games they think would be right for the UK. Exactly yeah, that. Or, or, or could be for localised, translated. Or be localised and translated, yeah. Yeah, they, exactly that. And on that, interview they talked about they've just set up a united states entity oh that's right yeah in order to help break into that market and help them identify games that are going to be better suited to that market fascinating really they also gave us a great bit of news that the new micro macro game uh, full house is coming yeah that's going to be good i i was introduced to micro macro on the friday night Oh, what a blast. If you've never seen it, it's, <laughs> it's this so enormous, good. like you so, will need a big table for it. Or... Full, full House or All In? Uh, all In was the all new in. one. Full uh, House yeah. already full exists. House, yeah. All In. They're right. sticking with yeah. poker all terms, in. although yes. this game has nothing to do with poker. As Chris did say. Um, but yeah, if you've not seen this game, it's a giant black and white illustration of essentially a town. Yeah, yeah. imagine imagine a 
giant Where's Wally yeah, poster. An enormous giant, mm. yeah. It's, it's like A1 size piece of paper. Huge and yeah. incredibly complex and congested. But mm. rather than being a single instance of a snapshot, it's instances in time. It's smart, right? It's so like you, you don't you have space lines. and time in yeah. the same map. So you mm. can track one or more characters backwards or forwards along their route. So they were here on this corner. So they'll have probably gone down this street. Oh yeah, here he is now. Oh, they're going to oh, the subway here. And where's he that subway going? Why has he picked up scissors? He was going for an ice cream. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right really cool what a great game and you can see why it won the sdj oh 100 yeah. percent. and i'm definitely I, i'm very tempted to pick up one of the copies and then once completed do as sarah suggested which is color in the same person yes so you end up Whenever with black and them. white but then with the tiny little hints of color everywhere i think it'll look yeah amazing. where you've got all yeah. the different uh crimes slowly, slowly build it up as you go it, it, because you're unlikely to play through all of the cases more than once unless True. you play with completely different people or you've just got so, a terrible memory and you don't remember yeah, where stuff least, goes the color I had a great really time cool. just watching you do the case that I'd already done. Yeah, like, try try these true. last two cases that I've already done. They're not long. They're, each case was, what, 15 minutes? 15, 20 minutes yeah. maximum. Yeah. And as they get more difficult, and there probably was a little bit longer. But 15, 15, 16? I think 15 yeah. cases in the box, which is plenty. you know. And for 15 quid, I mean, it's great. Very, yeah. very reasonable. Yeah, reasonable. Me and Christine have had several evenings out of it, and we've still got several evenings more to, to go <laughs> with it. So uh, that was good. Uh, Sarah talked about her massive love for Raccoon Robbers, which is <laughs> yeah. a game that she was convinced should have been nominated for the SDJ, <laughs> or at least the, the Kinderspiel, so the Child's Award. Yeah. Uh, so that, uh, if you're listening, go check that out. Apparently it's a, it's a massive hit for her and uh, wants to extol the virtues of it. So please do check it out. And what else did they say? And Living Forest, Living which Forest. they own in Germany and picked up originally. And then in the UK, it's published by some French company. Yeah. So, so it's like, currently up for the Connoisseurs Award. The Connoisseurs Award, which I've recently discovered is something, well, not really a controversy. In my mind, it's a controversy. And I'll <laughs> tell you for why. Because this is like, as Chris described it, a family plus game. So you've mm. got relatively easy to learn mechanisms, but lots of different strategies. Yep. Plays in under an hour. Like, exactly the kind of game that you needed before you bought Gaia Project. Yes. So, um, right, it's, it's that. Yeah, I, 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 I fell off the scale and went the other way. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. this is that now feels like that for you. Yeah. But it's up for the Kennespiel against Junior Imperium. So how do you draw mm, a circle around okay. that area? And I had a conversation with uh, one of our listeners, and, and Paul Lamprey. Thank oh, yeah, you for yeah. all of your, mm-hmm. uh, your shares and stuff, Paul. That Kennespiel uh, is more like a connoisseur. It's not necessarily expert. And I can kind of understand a little bit better for connoisseur. It's yeah. broader. Yeah. yeah um, it, it could be anything advanced. from an, uh, a gateway game to something that's sort of mid-weight with a lot of sort of tactical options to it, like Dune Imperium, yes. that isn't necessarily... Super, super complex to pick up. We got to speak to Czech Games Edition, um, Eleni, who was just lovely and gave us probably our most professional-looking interview. We were sitting in the little booth, yeah, had yeah. all the little that, stuff around. That felt like another level, really, didn't it? For, for we it also, I think we got our wheels rolling at that point, right? We, we were a few in. And yeah. sort, of, sort of had a feel for what we were doing and what we were going to ask people. Yeah, so we had our sort of you know, set questions. I and we think it was at this one that I try to step outside of our situation and see it from their side and go, there's three guys arriving with our own lanyards, not the general UK Games Expo lanyards. Yeah, we had you, man- you got those made up. Mm-hmm. Yep. With a camera that may or may not already be rolling, a microphone device that does genuinely look a bit like a taser, <laughs> and going, 
talk to us. Yeah. We, had, and then, we had organised just... these oh, interviews. Yes, yeah, we fair. didn't just ambush people, yes. Mm. yes. Uh, she was great. And the big thing for CGE was, at least from my opinion, was Starship Captains, which sadly had one demo table. But this is a first-time designer, right? yeah. uh, Mr. Hoffman, who, uh, sorry, Hofgard, who was absolutely lovely uh, when I met him. And this game is freaking yeah. great. So he was there demoing his game. Unfortunately, only one prototype copy. One prototype copy. Yeah, which was a real shame. Table, uh, which and, and it was a real sign that it was very, very popular because every time one of the games was coming to a close, there would be three or four groups of people just sort, just of, sort of lingering in the wings. Vulturing around yeah. it. Just like we trying we, to get we in gave there. up several times and sort of waited our turn. And eventually, Simon and I surrendered entirely and Wayne managed to find a single spare seat. Sort of snuck in there. To give it a go. Then said to everyone there, can I film this, please? And I said, yes. So that was very kind <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, very gracious. Yeah, thank you for, for those wonderful players who let me do that. And for the beautiful teach, actually. It was a, it was a wonderful experience. The yeah, teach was great. I'm really psyched for that. It looks awesome. It's Star Trek no, crossed with... No, it's not Star Trek. Definitely not it's Star Trek. Definitely it's not definitely Star Trek. All not... the things are shaped like Star Trek, but it's definitely no. not Star Trek. And, you know, not the same colours. <laughs> not, not inspired by... Different, inspired different by. shades Star Trek. of Stop the it. three colours of Stop officers, it. yes. Look, look, at, look at the shape of the, star, of, the, of the spaceship. Are you kidding me? Anyway, uh, it's great. A really interesting take on resource management where you've got crew and you're utilising those in different orders to try and, you know, uh, activate different actions that your ship's going to take and it's just brilliant i can't it's going to sell a bucket load it was great um so they told us all about that should be available at spiel this year and i'll be grabbing a copy immediately and it will Mm -hmm. sell a ton yeah i can't wait to see it go to uh to retail and then they also talked to us about galaxy trucker which i don't have any experience of but tom you do i love i love galaxy trucker Galaxy Trucker, galaxy trucker has had another edition released recently so uh it is a vladichov battle Yep, the, of, the man with the most diverse... Super eclectic <laughs> mix of games, yeah. That man has got a big brain. Yeah, but it is a game that is about sort of racing, trucking across the galaxy, and it is heavily built around a real-time shared pool of resources, building yourself a spaceship whilst your competitors are also trying to frantically build their spaceship, and then taking that spaceship out and trying to sort of race it uh, and not get smashed and die in the process. It which sounds hilarious, it, and it sounds like something I would yeah, love. The, the real-time element to it is just insane. So we love me some real-time. definitely need to play it. It's really, really good. And so there's a new expansion that was released, right? The so it's a new edition. New edition, okay. Which incorporates some of the uh-huh. previous expansions, the old big box edition. Uh, they've also redone quite a lot of the elements to it to, to speed it up and make it a bit more accessible. Streamline that thing. And they've added in a bunch of new content as well. So it looked nice. really, really interesting. After that, we spoke to Rebellion Unplugged. This was Pete, I believe, at Rebellion Unplugged. Another lovely guy. And his main focus was their IP for Sniper Elite, right? So they had the Sniper Elite IP anyway in another division. And I think Rebellion. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And and they said to one of their board game designers, yeah, any idea what we can do with this for a board game? And he came up with this game, which looked well, say, look, it was phenomenally popular on the day. 
Mm, yeah, another one that we struggled to get access four or five to. tables, mm-hmm. all four, full, or five? Yeah. all the time, uh, and all they day were long. completely full every day, all three days. We had to wangle our way into sort of like an early sign up for Sunday morning. And thank you, Pete, for letting us do yeah. that. I, I brazenly said at the end of our interview, put us in for the 9 a.m. slot tomorrow, won't you? And we'll be here. And he thankfully did. And we were there first thing. And uh, yeah, so they spoke to us all about that all of the story behind it. You can find the interview online. It was super fun. We got the chance to play it. And we had a little 40-minute demo, very generous demo. Mm-hmm. And it was a really fun hidden movement game. Really clever hidden movement. Three bad guys, if you will. Let's assume that the, uh, I, I, it's, the Germans I, I think were at this the bad stage, guys in this. It's, it's safe to say the Nazis <laughs> are bad guys, yes. In terms, of the, in terms of the player, though, you might want to extrapolate other reasons for winning. But uh, yeah, yeah the, the sniper wanting to achieve various objectives on that are printed on the board yeah. so not just surviving but getting to certain hit points completing objectives and moving on without uh, under being a, under a timer yeah mm. very very clever um yeah sort of kind of like specter ops with a much more deadly infiltrator and the uh the german players control squads of figures instead of just sort of individual that's characters. right yeah, yeah that was actually very interesting because mm. you had a limited number of actions so it wasn't just i move my guy or i move all of my guys yeah, you had a lot more sort of I, tactical movement i have movement. to choose to move this one or this yeah, one well, two things or i, can I do. do nothing but move the two yes. and that's it yeah i found that once one got too far out of position he's like he's staying there he's, he's, there, until he's there until something something significant changes and or you need to reposition covering the retreat yeah exactly <laughs> or maybe right if this was a longer game maybe that guy out of position will become yeah putting, putting people into choke points seemed to be really important and then Absolutely. just sort of leaving them there and hoping for the best we had some amazing news which will be on our facebook page soon i think well it'll be in the past um that they are remaking and reissuing and rebuilding a judge dread game Ian Livingston's classic from 1982, I want to say. It was 1980 something. So the original Ian Livingston. If it predates even me, then yeah, yeah, that's that's quite something. It was an amazing bit of news. It's not even really properly announced, so we were thrilled to be told that. So that is, I'm excited as hell. Yeah, that's about a, that. that's another <laughs> I, I, prophecy I love that's going to go So yeah, that's, that's another it? one that it's a great hopefully property. Will take it's off. such a cool property, and I'm excited to see how they've reworked this game. Mm. Uh, we got the chance to speak to Joanna from Portal Games. Thank you so much, Joanna, for going through the stuff with us. They had a wonderfully successful expo. They were showing off their brand new IP or their brand new license, which is Batman. Which Batman, they, everybody lies. They've got the Batman license and they are super thrilled to get it and they, mm-hmm. I assume they're going to use it for future things going forward. How do you get Batman? That's a big one, right? Um, normally you've got to shine the thing in the sky, right? And, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> then, then you get him. Then you can say, I'll give you money. Can I license you? Um, uh, so they, that's part of the Detective series, which if you're familiar with that, is kind of a one-and-done storyline-driven board game. You've got a website and stuff that you interact with. You've got some really cool stuff in that and certainly worth checking out. Um, and then their major thing was the pre-release for Gutenberg, which they released at UKGE one week early yep. for the actual retail yeah, release. They had a big stack of them and they were gone by gone, Sunday. Gone mm. by Sunday morning. This game was phenomenally popular. Again, full demo tables, people being taught it constantly. I only saw it in the research that I did prior to going to the event, but wasn't massively familiar. It's a wonderful-looking midweight Euro. 
with looked, a beautiful production. Yeah, it looked very Euro in passing. Yeah, it, it's it's a game about printing contracts. The Gutenberg like, print, Press, right? Gutenberg Press, the printing press, yes. right? But it was really interesting. Yeah, it, it had some really cool sort of fancy components. Funky production. The, yeah. the spinny gear board That they'd gone into. Yeah. They had little little wooden pegs with the lettering on them. Really beautiful yeah. production. Carved, actually, yeah. carved wooden pegs that you used to match up with contracts, to complete contracts. And then they had a board for each player where you uh, sort of unlock upgrades. You gain gears that are placed onto the board and then the gears interlock with one another and they all spin to give you and they all spin options. together as cogs and uh, when they align you get sort of various benefits which is really was a really cool I reckon, little mechanical aspect I would love it. this game because there's that which is cool but it also incorporates a bidding mechanism which I quite like this mm. auction, yep. auctioning for actions the actions wasn't it yeah. I should I, I didn't smart. really have a proper look at it I should have done but you guys uh, it was, I wanted to, I should have, we should have got off. the time to sit down and play it but it was rammed and we were busy <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I would like to get a chance to maybe play that and I, I imagine it will be at Spiel to play So I'm sure it will but that looked fantastic. Other news from Portal Games, they're going to bring 11, their heavy Euro strategy game based on football management. Uh, and that's coming to be available at Spiel, at least to play. So I'm actually very excited about that. Okay. And this was uh, one of the Kickstarters. Or was it GameFound? Right. We, game talk, we talked, yeah, about, it was, it. It was we talked game about it a few months ago. It was ago. a GameFound, yeah. Mm-hmm. Crowdfunded, yeah. That'd so. be an interesting test of gameplay mechanics versus theme for me, because yes. I have zero interest in football it's whether or not the uh whether mechanisms and joy of it can yeah. outweigh the, the game lack of interest i also have it. zero interest in making and selling smartphones and smartphone is the best example that i know <laughs> of an economic board game that says it on the box uh, of beating my expectations into a pulp yeah so who knows you're quite right though um, give, give it a go give it a go oh i will uh, before we dive into suppose our individual roundups and highlights um we're going to talk about what's next for us as a show. We did have, just before we get to that even, oh, we had sorry. a couple of shorter interviews very early doors as well. I we, do apologise. How, uh, how the, dare I? The creators of the Blazeball Blaze game. Ball, the independent publisher which designer. looked very fun. Um, based on uh, an existing IP, which was a, a computer game, I want to say, that was launched. It's an anime-style it's a, yeah, it's a, it's like a fantasy baseball league website, sort of akin to stuff like the online Blood Bowl. The game itself looked very cool. We saw it in play, um, albeit with the premium uh, add-ons with the nice neoprene mat and yes. the acrylic pieces, mm. but looked very fun. The Kickstarter, I believe, at time of recording, runs for a one more day. Yeah. It's 20 quid. I might back it. It, it, look- they, they've, it looks like they've put a lot of work into it. And it's a great production. The, the looks art fun. production is great. Looks awesome. They've got yeah. a whole Next range of artists. That. There was sort of seven or eight different artists. Yeah. So all of the cards are from different artists and they're sort of spread across different teams. So you get a whole range of art styles. Yeah, the, really the, cool, the be general unique. idea being the all-stars versus the underdogs drawn together from the, all the disparate different teams. So yeah, the different it's, very, makes it's very late yes. 90s, early noughties, anime, yeah. uh, what, you know, whatever, whatever we can pitch and throw at the wall to stick cartoon. One of the others was Edict. Mm, Pre-Kickstarter. Mm, Pre-Kickstarter. Were. Coming to Kickstarter or coming to crowdfunding this year, 
This was what they described as a, a 4E. 4E game as yeah. opposed to a 4X game because there's no exterminate, which I think one of our commenters didn't particularly like. But I like <laughs> the idea of it being export and then economy based, but in space. Yeah, yeah. I'm well it's up more, for that. It, it's more lent towards the economy side. There's, yes. there's, I think there's less sort of direct player inter. Well, no, there is player interaction, but there's less uh, sort blowing of, them out of space. Yes, there's less uh, confrontational player interaction. Yes, yeah, so you've got the whole explore, exploit, and expand. Expand. There you yeah, you're your looking business. to out resource people rather than just wipe them off the face of the planet. Yeah, or... it reminds me of the idea in terraforming Mars. Right. Yeah. yeah. Quite. You are you are competitive corporations. So seeking, might, yeah. seeking to sort of colonize and build trade routes through the galaxy. Yeah, so that or on the, the galactic level. Mm. And the, the, this fantastic astrolabe yeah. type. Um, the selling piece. point. Super, super fancy. Very, very fragile looking astrolabe, which yeah. is really cool. Where when you want to travel somewhere, you set the origin location and the destination location on the astrolabe, and then it tells you the current distance between the two and the amount yeah. of fuel that you will need in yes. order to get to your destination it all really spins cool. within itself and it oh it just looked so cool it was a wonderful gimmick right yep. it's i think it's going to be a great usp for this particular mm, it product definitely is and again thank you that was one of our run and gun interviews so appreciate the time edward, spent there thank you very much edward for talking to us about that because it was it was cracking it looks great what was your favorite moment of the UK Games Expo or moments, give us a few. Moments, yeah, I'm, I'm not moments. limiting this to one it's thing. Too no, I, I, it was an amazing weekend. I, I just jotted down a few ideas, and and it's a three day event, so it's not going to be one moment, but it's absolutely got to be the sort of general atmosphere of the whole place. Standing particularly Literally in what I wrote is the general three. Atmosphere. Yeah, it's fine. We can are have you, the are same you reading point. Simon's notes? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't scroll, know. Scroll off a bit, Tom. Um, <laughs> no, it's it, you know sitting in the in the big hall, the gameplay hall. They've got loads of tournaments running. There's hundreds of people playing in tournaments. They've got loads of free play tables, and just sort of looking around and seeing thousands of sort of like-minded individuals who are all there to buy and play board games. Yeah, was just fantastic, and and being able to sort of wonder you know in between interviews whenever we had a spare moment being able to wander sort of aimlessly around the hall and see all of these new uh, independent developers all of the upcoming games that we either have or haven't had a chance to sort of play and see there's just so much to take in the whole thing was great yeah as tom says the overall general atmosphere was electric it was incredible mm. everyone without fail that I had any interaction with was super friendly. Everyone was open to having a chat, whether it be a stall holder, a publisher, or just someone else in the crowd that is sharing that enthusiasm for modern yeah. board gaming. More than once, you would be standing at a stall looking at a game and someone just completely out of the blue would say, that's really good. And they yeah. would be dying to tell you about it. Yeah. yeah, nothing to do with the retailer, yeah. nothing to do with the publisher. They're like just some random person. They're like, this is amazing. I've got that. Yeah. You should buy it. And, yeah. and I, think, I think we all did the same as well. I like, did it at least twice. I was yeah. holding something. I've got that. You yeah. should buy that. That's great. Yeah, particularly in the gaming <laughs> hall. I saw people playing Azul. I saw people playing Cascadia. Mm. Someone was playing Scythe and I just went, amazing. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with your thing. There's people playing a, I've forgotten the specific name, Flick'em Up something. Flick'em Up. Um, yeah. 
based on the dead of winter IP. It was just dead like, of winter flicker map, yeah. Guys, that looks amazing. I'm just going to shove my phone in your face while I take <laughs> a few pictures a bit, yeah. of this because I couldn't not. Uh, so yeah, just generally people being so open uh, to having those conversations. Um, there's two people in particular I had a good conversation with who are in cosplay as uh, Jester and Imogen, who are both Laura Bailey characters from Critical Role. Yep. And mm-hmm. previous listeners will know I'm a big Critical Role fan. I didn't know that they were friends at the time. Um, but having spoken to so one... Independently found one and then the other at weird. different ends of the hall. Um, they're from Halifax as well, which is where uh, my mum's from. So that was a, a nice little connection nice. as well. So I had a five-minute chat downstairs with this girl dressed as Imogen. Came upstairs and went, oh, there's Jester. I'm going to go talk to Jester. In talking to her, I then said, did you see Imogen downstairs? She said, yeah, that's my friend. That's my mate. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is amazing. <laughs> that's so great. Uh, so I was, I was super happy to have had that little interaction as well. Another, yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many highlights. Go on, we give, oh, give us too many. I'll, I'll, yeah, I know. I mean, I'll give do you a couple. Go I'll on. do a couple. Do a couple. I'm going to spin off of what you said. I loved the massive, diverse crowd. It was beautiful. I mean, everyone from every sort of background you can imagine was there. There really was the full gambit of everyone of person. Population, it was right? be- such a beautiful thing. All mingling, all playing games, all talking to each other, and it was great. Even had the glam gamers in drag. That was amazing. And they were literally <laughs> the most glamorous people there. Yeah, yeah. Like, no joke. And there's yeah. me walking around in my, in my T-shirt and jeans. And I'm just like, I feel underdressed. <laughs> I don't know how they had the effort in them to do that. I really don't. It was just a staggering, staggering thing. It was absolutely fantastic. Finally getting to play Starship Captains, because we went back. Every couple of hours, I look, look past it as we were going past that part of the We going, must oh, have walked past oh, four or five times. Oh, more easy. than that. I want to double that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah per day. But yeah, per day, maybe. Um, but also just hanging out with you guys and playing stuff on the Friday and Saturday night. I just loved that. That was yeah, we great. Got to, we got to play some great games. We got to play some games with Jace. We did, yeah. And we got to play a new game that you got. And mm. we got to play some stuff that you'd never tried before. Mm. Bob, the pair of you. I've, yeah, I've played a whole bunch of new games. Yeah, this week. we got a sneaky game in of The Crew, which is the, a devious little Cosmos game. And I just had the best time. I just, I cannot enthuse enough about how much of a great weekend that I had. And I want to make everyone jealous that my life was enriched enormously <laughs> yeah. by that weekend. Oh, I know another thing that we didn't mention. We went to see the Geek and Sons tables in person. <gasps> Ooh. We did. Tell, us, tell us all about yeah, it, Yeah, so I recently backed the Geek and Sons Archie campaign. Tom is poorer considerably. I am considerably poorer. Um, possibly the most expensive piece of furniture that's going to go into my house no, when, it, when it arrives. Um, <laughs> but it's a super, super nice dining table that just happens to have lots of board gaming components sort of built into it. It's the fully modular Archie table, which has lots of nice little boxes that go around the outside of the play area Mm. and are removable and sort of reassemblable in various different configurations. And then obviously it has the cover that goes over the top of the table so you can turn it into a dining table and I can leave things set up safe away from the cats. A table you can use to Mm. eat your dinner off. It's so good. An one actual and, table you can use. Yeah. And right me? next to it was the uh, was the Bristol Plus, which uh, Wayne's been eyeing up hungrily. I've just funded it. So like, you yeah. have. Yeah. 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 So I've got. Mine's not as big as yours, Tom. I'll take that how you wish. But like, um, uh, I need a bigger dining room, though. That's the problem now. Well, I don't know how Amy's going to feel about that. But I've, well, I've, well, okay. <laughs> so I've got. In any case. I think they look incredible. The quality is obscene. They are beautiful, beautiful bits of furniture. Yeah, yeah if you've seen um, them online and really bought high the quality. price, you mm. would question no, that again. I, when you I, see seeing them online isn't the same. Mm. 
See the person. Oh my god. Yeah, I have to be brutally honest. There was several other table developers there. Yes. Uh, who who make gaming tables? Several, and, at least, and and although three, yeah, some like of them count? were some of them are really great quality. The Geek and Sons tables, you can really see the uh, expertise. I that they I have. looked at all of the other mm. competitors in inverted commas, and Geek and Sons was by far the best. There, there is a reason why they by are far the best. Eye-wateringly expensive. Yeah, I was I was <laughs> discussing this with a friend in work earlier, in fact, because he's also looking into backing a Geek and Son, and we were thinking, you know, when it gets to Four digits. You start oh, thinking, yeah. well, shit, would it be easier for me to train as a woodcrafter? <laughs> just but build it. The, but no, the, but the, do you have 30 years of experience? That's the thing. You are whatever. paying for yeah. the thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of hours of experience, quality resource. Great materials. In, and uh, yeah, they've been doing this a while now. There so, is no yeah. way in five to ten years of solid working that I would achieve the finish that you would no. get with one of these things. Exactly. So thrilled to bits to see those in person. I saw them in person. And then immediately thought I need to back it because they they are that they are that good, and get in now because the retail price is much more. Okay, um, any other highlights? And then there's a few written here, so toss yes. them out. Go on. A man who needs no table <laughs> because his game is interactive <laughs> and doesn't and require clothing. And utterly insane. <laughs> clothing, clothing is optional. Oh, clothing is optional. Drinking is encouraged, although. Later stages moderated. <laughs> uh, we saw the uh, the beautiful Australian man who is John Robertson in his dark room on Saturday night. In his pants. Dark room, oh. till, dark room till you die. No dark room, yeah, so this was... Me and Tom have had very limited knowledge of, of Mr. Robertson. I, I, I think perhaps I probably enjoyed it more for having oh. little idea what I was buying into. Me too. I vaguely mm, me mentioned too. pineapples and baked beans over the course of the trip up and they're like, what are you talking about? Like, I won't tell you anymore. Which is basically like an 80s style choose your own adventure game, digital choose your own adventure game, but yep. which he runs as the sort of GM who is also batshit insane. Yeah, utterly, utterly insane. Absolute <laughs> madness. And this was, as Simon said, the Till You Die edition. So this was essentially, as he noted at the beginning of the show, a war of attrition the, between him and the audience. The late night version that will just <laughs> so, go until someone leaves. Yeah, until he gets tired. Before basically. we even got into the room, he legged it down through. And bear in mind, this was in the Hilton, and we'd passed the ladies' um, stonemason annual dinner. <laughs> yeah. So there's all these older ladies in fantastic, fabulous ball gowns, and, yes. we're, and we're there in our hoodies and jeans, going. We feel super underdressed. Mm, yeah. If the drag queens didn't make us already feel less now we glamorous. feel very very underdressed. Now there's a hundred old dears wearing the most spangles I've ever seen in one place, all sparkly yeah. diamonds everywhere, and we shuffle past them. And then a crazy Australian man pelts it as fast as he could probably run, uh, holding a at pineapple, full tilt <laughs> with a pineapple, goes screaming past the queue. Yeah, <laughs> so quick that I had nothing but a blur on my camera, um, and yeah, then proceeds to well. He went for the, his psyche, more basically. than three hours before oh, we eventually gave up. Uh, yeah. we, we had an early morning. Uh, we were, mm. yeah. I think he was approaching his end, but his end would have taken Half at least hour. 20 minutes to get yeah. to. So, like, the yeah, bar was cracking. It was a great night. And yeah, I was, I was having as much fun watching your guys' reaction. Tom was literally I, crying I was, with laughter. It was the baby I heads. think I was into the it. There was a point where... <laughs> I, I was I was outside my own body, watching a man in his pants with a 
mask that looked like a baby's head with arms and legs sticking out the side of it on his head whilst two random audience members were playing a game called Limp Cricket. <laughs> and I was like, Limp Cricket, no. where, where am I? And what's going on? <laughs> what mushroom tea did I ingest yeah. before coming here? Who knows? Oh, that was great. Any particular bit of gossip, either off the record or on the record, would you want to mention? Not, not gossip or such, but it was interesting to hear from at least two different people. One being the aforementioned Blazeball, the other being a Critical Hit, who are a dice. Sorry, Critical Kit, who are a dice company in the UK. Yes. Both looking as much as feasibly possible to source and produce what they can within the UK. Right. Ah, uh, yeah. So I not forgot re- about that. Not yeah. relying on international. Not because they don't want to, but simply because it. Why not? You should do trying, it yeah. to, trying um, to avoid international yeah. transit. So, okay. so the Blazeball guys are based in Dublin. Yeah, if I remember right. Irish company. Yeah, and they were trying to. They were getting the neoprene mats uh, manufactured in Sheffield. Yep. Sheffield rings a bell. Yeah, uh, and some of the other components were being manufactured in Ireland. They were trying to to make as much of the as much of the game components as possible local. That reliance on everything's cheaper in China, Mm. to a degree you can't argue with it, but also if no one questions it forevermore, that will be the case. You know, sustainable might be better in future. And yeah, the critical kit dice gentleman was very nice. They had some lovely uh, vegan leather-bound books to go with their high-end dice in boxes that were made with vegan glue, so it was like all sustainable. Wow, nice. So that that side that we're not just we're hobbies and playing with giant plastic lumps of plastic. Toys, yeah. There is a, a concerted effort across people, small to large, to make these things more sustainable. And I think that's really commendable. At this point in my gaming experience, people advertising their games as having tons of minis actively put me off. There was a lot of people who tried to hook, you know, hook in Literally their customers, the and they go, on the "Look minis. at look at all of our nice miniatures look in the, the cabinet," minis. and I go, mm, "Those are nice." And then I carry on. Yeah, exactly that. I I have too many miniatures. I don't have enough time to paint them. And they're a pain in the ass to set up and tear down. And they take up loads of space. Yeah. So it's nice to have some minis. I've got lots of games that have minis. I don't need more. I'm kind of done. Yeah. I'm going to share a little bit of gossip. And it's going to remain off the record because it wasn't off the record chat. We spoke to one publisher who will remain unnamed about the challenges and battles with Asmodee. Mm. And how they work with other sort of... Uh, sort of smaller publishers who they then you know publish for and other designers who they then publish for uh, who they're encouraging to essentially sell to Asmodee and use the money to set up a new company and fund their new projects yeah. <laughs> so sell, sell your existing projects and then just use the money to make a new company and we'll publish mm. those for you <laughs> it's just just amazing I, said, I think I said this several times and uh, there comes a point in a large enough structure like yeah. Asmodee with a lot of investors where People are not gamers anymore. And and when you get to that stage, when you've got people who are invested at the top of the company who don't care about games, it's not going to benefit the industry. It was wonderful to see the fierce independence. Yeah, being uh, able to leverage yeah. the power of Asmodee, not against them directly, but... Yeah, sort of indirectly. It's, yeah. quite, it's quite a very <laughs> interesting discussion. I, I thought that was great. Fling yourself so, Wayne, tell us about what you bought. <laughs> oh, yeah, what let's did dive you, into what that. What did you buy or what did you not buy? I'll tell you what I didn't buy and what mm. I passed up because I was worried that I spent too much. But actually, I didn't, actually. I didn't get anywhere near my budget and I probably should have. Shocking, shockingly conservative by the end of it. Shocking, isn't it? I passed up Kanban EV, um, which is a game I've heard a lot about. It's a, a massive Euro about electric vehicle production. Uh-huh. Kind mm. of like smartphone ink yeah right but take that and intensify it by the factor of 10 
and I passed up on that because it was a big box and it was about 100 or so pounds and I'd already, I, I'd already I, I managed to limit myself to just one giant box I know I, I'd already done one yeah. of those mm. <laughs> um, I then passed up Search for Planet X partly due to my buddy again concerns. looked very interesting was another one where someone sort of jumped on us oh, while wait, we were um, by, by the that. stall and said please buy this it's really really good yeah my thought was I'd already got like a bunch of sci-fi games and yeah. I didn't want to overstock on that and then Dark Tower which we saw which is super rare but Ant went I need that and so I was like, oh, great thanks Anthony can buy that yeah, there's a copy I, in the circle you don't necessarily there, need there another was, there were none on display I'd asked a few friends that weren't able to make it whether they wanted anything desperately yep hadn't seen any of them anywhere i asked a few people for the game of thrones card game expansion deck couldn't find that couldn't find the descent uh expansion decks for karen but anthony said oh there's return to dark tower it's massive and expensive probably won't anyone have it i didn't see it anywhere asked at chaos card games one of the better stalls that we went to i'd say yep, huge and said don't suppose you'll have it but have you got this and he said i think i've just seen one in a box out the back we haven't even <laughs> priced it yet hold on and he came back with it, and essentially, I got I, I effectively stole that game from what I can understand. Yeah, you had a great deal on that game. They um, had uh, they had two copies, I think. Even. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah, we the made... other one went up at a percentage more. I I didn't pay what it was labeled at. No, let's put it that way. Let's put it that way. I also got a bargain later on from the same gentleman. <laughs> what I did actually buy, so that's the stuff I didn't buy. And what I did buy was Chronicles of Crime plus the twenty four hundred Chronicles of Crime for mm-hmm. to, to play. I bought Escape Plan, which is the big uh, Vita Lacera game. That, that game looks incredible. I am so excited it's, to play that game. Go- gorgeous. It is that possibly big, the best crunchy box Euro. art I've seen in it's a beautiful, long time. Beautiful box art. So it's a crunchy Euro, but the theme interaction, uh, by all accounts, is insanely good, where you've just finished a heist, the police are on your case, and you need to escape the city while potentially throwing your other thieves under the bus. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, I'm th- yeah. so excited that for that. exactly what I'm into. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I bought that, and I bought also Ganshin Clever 1 and also Ganshin Clever 3, which actually isn't available in English yet, so I bought the German edition. Yeah. Well, um, f- figure out how to play one of them. The third one's probably pretty much Quite, and I've got the English mm-hmm. fan translation rules. That game is way better than it has any right to be <laughs> for 10 quid. It's brilliant. And uh, Simon will get the chance to play that very soon. It's a little sort of like combo building dice drafting game. Yeah. Roll roll and write. Roll and write, but mad combos. That was really Really That's my thing. I'm going to stop talking about that. Uh, uh, Simon, what did you get? Okay. Well, you started with the things you passed up on. So I'll join you with that. Oh, one more thing before you start. (laughs) Simon found for me the expansion to Gia Legends of the Drift System. Uh, I think it's Forsaken Star. If you Google that right now, listeners, you can find it for around £95. We got the actual sealed thing, which, which, which Simon is, found Which is, uh, what, probably about twice the size of the uh, size, uh, price of the base game? Yes, twice, yeah. uh, twice the price of the base game. So I found the sealed actual expansion, 20 quid, the actual price of it. And I was like, he's those, I found this. Do you want it? Like, yes! <laughs> anyway, so that was me. Go on, carry on. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was a... That was a- a good at bargain hunting, right? Real, yeah, mate, real absolutely. Find. This Greatest. is what happens when we leave Simon to wander around on his own. Yeah, he finds he found some great stuff. This, this, is, this is my worth. I don't do any driving and I don't do any editing, but <laughs> I can save you 70 quid on a yeah, game. Yeah, save me 70 quid, so. quite. 
I realised only earlier today when I was thinking about this, I never went back and picked up Mutant Chronicles from the Modifia stand. Ah, dang. They were, oh, yeah. It was the end of a line, it's right? reaching yeah. the end of their licence with it. So they're selling off everything they've got based on uh, you know an existing comic book IP. There was a movie of it a few years ago. With Ron uh, Perlman. With Ron, the yeah. legendary Ron Perlman, yeah. a.k.a. Hellboy. Mm-hmm. The first one, anyway. It looked really cool. It was a big dense box of minis right so who yeah. wants one of them me yeah yes. sure it was 40 quid there's a massive all in get all of the stuff for it was cheap it was that massively was marked down i really should have picked that up yeah, it might I be did. on their website so i might go back and, and double check that i found a smaller stall that was their model was buying all in kickstarter pledges and uh-huh. then reselling them as rarities which fair enough not everyone's going to be able to afford it at the time a copy of Manhattan 2, uh, sorry, Manhattan Project 2, Kickstarter ah. edition. I didn't even know there was a sequel. We mm-hmm. like really like the original. You've got it's that It's very one, good, right? yep. Good engine builder. Um, it was a little over my budget for, I think, what it was, so avoided that one. Um, I saw both Roleplayer and Sagrada, which I've been kind of... Either or, really. Wait, weighing up whether to get one or the other, because, yeah, both similar to a degree mechanics. Would have got one or the other on the Sunday. Both had sold out in both locations. Yeah. I'd yeah. seen them other than for at uh, least 11 quid more than I'd seen it. That was the danger of leaving some of our shopping till yeah, the last yeah, day. That's but that's right. fine. I got other stuff. I was went looking for uh, prismatic dice so and I had it in mind. So super shiny diachromatics. The only set I saw was 75 quid. Ooh, super expensive. They were gorgeous. Mm. I would have been buying them for a display piece. Yeah. I got close. They'd gone on the Sunday. I, I don't think I could thankful. ever justify 75 pound dice. I don't as think, much as I love dice. I don't think I could generally, but as I say, it's effectively a piece of art yeah. at, at that stage. Yeah. Things I did get, however... A bargain on Lords of Waterdeep, Scoundrels of Skullport, the mm. highly rated expansion to Lords of Waterdeep. Mm. A game we've yet to do an episode on. Bring it out. Well, yeah, yeah. We're, gonna have, we're gonna have to at some point. Excited to add that on. I picked up again for a discounted price Sonora from Pandasaurus. Games. I am excited as hell to play that game. This is the first ever flick and write game. Flick and write. Dexterity combined with sort Dexterity, of Dexterity roll and write. Roll and write stuff. Yeah. Amazing. Weird combo. Sounds fun. It looks, this, it um, looks fun as hell. I watched yeah. a little playthrough after the fact. It looks great. Yeah, this high art style. Yeah. Very interested to play that. I've basically been out of my own home since getting back, so I haven't really had time to settle in and <laughs> absorb the things I bought. Uh, I picked up Radlands, which is a small competitive card game with a very Mad Max style. Super highly rated. Kind of it's really, really well rated. Artwork yeah. style. Yeah, lots of, um, lots of hype around that. I saw it when it was in Kickstarter, didn't back it, found it for 20 quid, thought, I'm going to buy this or I'll regret it. Again, yet to play it. I picked up a small piece of terrain for dungeon tiling. Um, it's called Crooked Staff. Two and, two and a half D terrain. Effectively, it's, it's sheets of grid type yeah. stuff. But I can cover an entire table and it was four quid. Yeah. And I thought, I can't pass this up. And, no. the, and the sort of the selling point was that you get a bunch of cardboard or foam core and you just stick this stuff to it yeah. to build yourself a dungeon. Which is super, yeah. super simple. You just cut out the tiles to whatever size you nice. want. And, and you and get loads of sheets, right? There, there's 24 sheets. You get little doors you can stick on pieces of card. There's like the raised walls if you have a double mm-hmm. layer of card. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to work really well. Uh, and then my last one was my first roll and write, which is Trek 12 Himalaya, which I know mm-hmm. as a Pandasaurus game um, has been released over here under a different publisher. I can't actually remember who that was, unfortunately. But glad to find that for 20 quid. Another super highly rated roll and write. Very well rated. And when we were at um, Robertson's show, the person behind you went, I played Trek 12. 
Yeah. Just randomly shouted it out yeah. and they said it was great and you were like, oh. Tom, give us the big rundown of yeah, everything is, that you bought. This is the big haul, I think. I don't even think in terms of number of games, not so much. Yeah. Just in terms, in terms of there, physical there weight. Bigger games. <laughs> bigger games. I, so I passed up Tsukuyumi. Reprint. Which, which right. is a reprint by Grey Fox Games, I think it is. Or Grey mm. Squirrel. I can't remember. And uh, I didn't realise it was a second edition, actually. Uh, Only when I sort of got someone to sort of hand me it from the shelf so I could take a look at it that I realised that they'd redone it. Mm. And I probably would have bought it on the spot, except for the fact that they have changed it from standees to miniatures. Um, So I I passed that up, and I probably would have bought it otherwise. Uh, I also passed up a game called Era. Matt uh, Leacock. I kept looking Matt at Leacock, that. Which looked really, really cool. It was a roll and build, they called it. There's lots of varieties of roll and rights. Yeah, verb and verb. Yeah, you you, <laughs> you sort of dice draft and uh, build a pool of dice to roll yeah. of various different colours. The symbols that you get on the dice allow you to buy buildings that you then build a little 3D city. It looked cool. We saw it was some like people a little pegboard with and, a 3D um, city that was really cool. Yeah, we saw people playing in the playing hall. Mm. It looked mm. decent. It looked really cool, and it actually was reasonably cheap. I think it was only, f- I think it was forty quid. And considering it was lots of plastic, all the little buildings and the pegboards and everything, it looked really, really good. But ultimately, I passed it up. Cool. What did um, you buy though? What instead, did you buy? instead, I bought Isle of Cats. Yes, and some expansions too. but not all of the expansions. We sat down to play a little demo of uh, Explore and Draw, or Draw and Explore, which is, again, a roll and write, because it seems to be the thing, version of Isle of Cats, and it was super fun. And right next to it, they were like, right next to it, there was all of the Isle of Cats stuff. I'd been thinking about buying it for a while, so I took the plunge and bought that, and because they had loads of the expansions available, I could sort of pick and choose. And I went to speak to the guys at the stand, to the actual publishers... Mm-hmm. and could ask them exactly what's in each of the expansions and whether they think certain expansions are sort of better than others or what yep. they add. Yep. So I could sort of pick and choose, which was really good. Uh, I also picked up Spirit Island Jagged Earth, which is an enormous expansion for Spirit it's Island. It's as much game again from what I can it, tell. It, it, it doubles the content quite, Yeah, Spirit quite literally Island, yeah. doubles the content of the game. Yeah. Um, I already had the small box expansion branch and claw i think it is yeah uh and this has added a huge amount of additional content to the game and allows you to go up to five or six players as well although to be honest i don't think i've ever played spirit island with more than three players i think i might have played it once with four players it's a really hard teach. It's I think, a super yeah. complicated game. I think I've only game. played it that one time. Yeah. I think six players would absolutely Every time I play it with melt you. my I can see mind. I think there were three times I need to relearn yeah, it. If there were people that I played with on a regular basis who knew the rules already, I reckon we could go to six. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But every time I've played it, I've been teaching someone. <laughs> yeah. Every time. I also picked up War of Whispers. We played that immediately on the Friday night, yeah. I would say. Which is a purchase, sort of yeah. Game of Thrones-esque game about manipulating the kingdoms you don't play as the kingdoms yeah who are warring over the continent you play as the guys behind the scenes that are manipulating everyone it was such a cool idea and it was something of a combination between inish and the king is dead Mm. where you don't care about the little guys on the map no you don't care about their lives 
You just care about power. It looks quite complicated, but it actually played really simply. It did. Uh, it it had some really fun sort of mechanics and interactions. Some crazy cards. And, as and well. the, I'm just kicking myself now that I didn't manage to pick up the Kickstarter. I think it was a Kickstarter exclusive upgrade pack. Yeah, a little mini thing. That, that gave you miniatures for like farms and, and towers and forts. Yeah. Because they are just practically impossible to see on the map. Once you've got loads of little banners and brightly coloured units on the map, you can't bloody see them. They are... It's almost the worst art design I've <laughs> I, seen on a I, map. Yeah, I've never seen anything so muddied in it. greys and browns on other greys and browns. The art design was shockingly bad, but the game was wicked. Yeah. <laughs> it's such to, a shame. To look at a as shame. a... Yeah, you know, just a piece of graphic, it's fine. But to because it's such a crucial function, yeah, they quite. should have stood out. Yeah, they really didn't. Yeah. It's well, a I'm shame. Sure we'll um, this. It's not the end of the world. No, it's not. It's Even not. standees were done. Fine. And then finally. I also managed to find a copy of Eclipse Second Dawn. Mm. That's not even finally, by the way. We've forgotten an entire purchase. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I already talked about Living Forest. Oh, you did? Living okay, Forest. You bought Living Forest. And Eclipse Second okay, Dawn. Eclipse Second Dawn. Uh, Eclipse Second Dawn has been sort of out of print everywhere for about a year. I've been looking for it for ages and not been able to find a copy that isn't horribly overpriced on eBay or, or somewhere. So... I managed to play it with Nick at CGC a few months ago. Really enjoyed it. Uh, it was the game that I was considering buying before I picked up Twilight Imperium. And it's Twilight like the Imperium Euro shot. Twilight Imperium. It, it? it is a yeah. It is a ostensibly simpler and faster to play Euro or more Euro version of Twilight yeah, Imperium. It looked more mathy in the a production way. Not in a on that game. Is bonkers. Absolutely, Absolutely bonkers. bonkers. It's so good, and you know, you bit, you're umming and ahhing, and you're like, "Well, it's about as good a price as you're going to find it ever." Yeah, uh, you picked it up, and you now you got both. Yep, I uh, <laughs> I definitely needed two giant four X space, space games, games in my life. <laughs> Because you're, you're starting to work out and you're going to have them in a bag each and, yep. and just lift. One, start one for each arm. Yeah, I mean, you, you do well to curl both. <laughs> are you, are you they are big uh, games. Because that will play in a slightly shorter time, about three it's, to four it's hours. Right? That's supposed to be... So on the box it says 30 minutes per player. No, um, never I is. don't believe it. But we played a four-player game with, I think, three of us had never played before. And on it the four hours? played in about three three hours. Okay, we played minutes. it at CGC in one evening. Yeah, learned, so if you manage to played. finish before home time, then it's definitely yeah. less than four. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah. yeah, it was really, really good fun. Uh, and I'm super looking forward to giving it another go, showing you guys it. And um, Magic. and we can all drool over the components. And this one it's just gorgeous. doesn't need a folding space insert. It looked like it had... It one does of the, not. Had it, one of the it most is, comprehensive fully. Yeah, it is a fully ergonomically designed game tray game trays box so like all uh, of Wasteland the, Express all much, of yeah. the player components go in a tray and you take the, the lid off the tray and take all your components out and you put the lid back on the tray and then the top of the tray becomes your resource tracks mm-hmm. for the game it's all very smart very I look forward to playing that immensely and loads of loads of people at the folding space storage yeah um, they're coming to the uk soon and uh, they're getting a vat number yeah right? they so. so folded space are guys that i've bought a bunch of inserts from in the past they do board game inserts if they do, doesn't have a clue they do amazing cheap 
yes. foam core board game inserts that are fantastic for you a, pack a, all your games with expansions into the original games. box basically yeah. so if you're they, spending so. five minutes unpacking all of your pieces and straightening the cards yeah. out and wishing, the, card, wishing yeah. the corners weren't bent I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say the b word brexit has basically fucked them out of being able to uh, distribute into the uk for the last year yeah pretty much so they, they've been selling through third parties but it's very difficult to get exactly the ones that you want because you're depending on the stock that they can get and good news is as of uh, next month hopefully they will have their vat number and they'll be able to supply direct into the uk again That's which really will be brilliant because they've got a whole bunch of inserts that i've been trying to get hold of including things like spirit island but what's next for us we've got some great news for you which you'll probably hear about already by the time you listen to this but as part of our effort to give you more video content we're going to have a whole bunch of stuff on our new youtube channel and we've got some great plans for that so do check it out you won't let us rest i won't let you rest whip (laughs) It's Um, it's exciting times it really is yeah we've got real big plans and we want you on board for the ride because we've got some great stuff in my end to give to you folks so get on board Uh, more content live plays youtube entirely new shows exclusive to that particular format and channel our instagram page is getting bigger and better all the time and Simon's doing a great job with that Uh, the facebook page is going to be probably the home for our initial dumps of uh, uh, of interview content etc and probably where we launch our news and any news that we get from industry events and speaking of industry events the next stop for us is Essen Spieler which is for anyone that doesn't know and listening the biggest expo convention for board well tabletop gaming on the planet that's just mm. in Deutschland that's in Germany just across the road really so <laughs> I am very very excited I'm going I think you two are sorting out your schedules but in any case we'll gonna, hopefully be going hopefully we're going to bring you content yeah. from there directly so Anyway, so that's the big news for us. We're going to be at Essenspiel uh, in some form or other, and uh, that's going to be amazing. So that's it for us. Anything else, folks, you want to mention about UKGE before I sign off? I think we've gushed enough. Yeah, book your hotel tickets for next year. We'll be or there. Or get an Airbnb like we did and have a giant-ass table you can play all the games you like on. Highly great. recommended. And order highly recommended. Yeah, highly Birmingham recommended. Curry. Recommend. Just book well in advance. Yes, do that. Thanks for listening to Board Stupid. Subscribe to us for updates and to get future episodes of the show delivered directly to your ear holes via your favourite podcast service. You can find us on every social media channel. We're building an empire. Everywhere. Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Just search for Board Stupid UK and you will find us. If you like our content, please do us a massive favour. Interact with us. That's all I'm going to say now. Say hello. Just comment. Just say hello. Tell us that you like it. Tell us that you don't like it. Give us your views on what we're delivering to you. Give us some interaction. We'll take two minutes for an advert. I will remind everyone that we have an affiliate link with the comic shop in Crawley. If you would always, anyway, buy your board games at the comic shop. Or if you wouldn't normally buy your games at the comic shop because they are not local to you. You can get free delivery on any uh, shipping over £50. Support a brick and mortar shop. Free shipping as well. Free bargain. So visit thecomicshop.co.uk forward slash boardstupid, B-O-A-R-D-S-T-U-P-I-D. Thecomicshop.co.uk forward slash boardstupid. We'll get a little kickback. You won't shop any differently than you otherwise normally would. You won't get charged more. You'll get free shipping if you spend more than £50 and you'll help support us and them. Nothing wrong with that. Everybody's happy. Did you make it down to the UKGE? What are you most excited to play next? Did you walk away with any rare goodies? Tell us about your haul. 
because we've told you about ours. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again real soon. Mortgage Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> Mortgage Bernard. <laughs>